in 2019. PITOS has been on a mission to debunk the notion that in order to taste good, snacks have to be filled with nasties that do no good to either people or the planet. In a shake-up of the status quo, the US snack producer prides itself on being the world's first junk-free junk food with all the great flavor and even better nutrition benefits than other popular options. Founder Nick Desai is also not shy to voice his opinion that the sector continues to be monopolized by one major player, one he has very squarely set his sights on challenging. We chat to Nick to find out the skinny. Nick, thank you so much indeed for joining me today. Snacking has always been a part of the consumer lifestyle. It's quick and convenient. But what is shaping our snacking behavior in 2023? Well, I think, I think you know, it's, it's a continuation of what we've been seeing, the trend, overall trends we've been see, experiencing, which is, you know, people continue to demand, you know, snack has always been about indulgence and taste, uh, you know, even more than nutrition. And I think that element of it has, has only gotten stronger. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the there was a period where, um, you know, consumers were, were willing to make a bigger sacrifice and, and you know, sacrifice some uh, portion of the kind of taste and, and flavor experience, the sensory experience for, you know, having additional nutrition. But I think, you know, as, as you know, things have evolved, right. uh, you know, consumers are insisting on kind of the best of both worlds. Um, okay. And that's really been, I think, a big, big dr- driver of, you know, uh, of of shaping kind of which which brands out there are winning and which ones are not. Is there still a space for indulgence in this um, health and wellness trend? Yes, yes. I think I think there, there's not any place for indulgence. I think when it comes to the snacking category, I think indulgence is paramount. Right. Um, you know, I think I think. If 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 you know if you're serving up something that has you know elements of nutrition or or um, you know um, better you know, kind of kind of you know better qualities but is lacking in the indulgent arena, I think ultimately it's it's going to be you know a very niche uh, product uh, and not really you know attract uh, too much mass uh, appeal. Since the inception of PTOS in 2019. You have maintained that choice at the retail level in the salty snack category is an illusion with massive dominance and an effective monopoly being exerted by one player. Do you maintain the stance? Yeah, I mean, anytime there's like one player that exerts so much influence over the market, the the choice is going to be limited. You know, like the way that a snacking operates, right, especially here in the United States, uh, uh, and I think, you know, maybe similar around the world, but, you know, we, when, you, when you have a company like Frito-Lay that has such massive market share in almost every, you know, style of salty snacking, and they literally have an entire aisle dedicated to themselves and their own employees, you know, drive and their, you know, their own truck drivers, you know, deliver those snacks to those stores, you know, daily, you know, uh, or, 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 you know, a couple of times a week or whatever the frequency may be. You know, they walk into the stores, they stock those shelves themselves, the, you know, the employees of, of Frito-Lay. That, that, right. that, that type of, of, you know, that type of clout is, is extremely difficult to, 
to you know go up against, right? And um, and it also it sort of limits you know what is going to get on the shelf because you know, you have one party that that everything kind of funnels through. And so I think that you know we see like you know we see in the media a lot how you know politicians are concerned when you know social media companies like Facebook or you know uh, Twitter get too you know get too big you know or or e-commerce companies like Amazon get too big. But the market share that Frito Lay commands in snacking far exceeds, you know, what what Facebook has in social media category or what Amazon has in e-commerce, and that's kind of a little-known fact. But uh, yeah, it's it's probably the the biggest, uh, you know, m- the biggest uh, market share monopoly in any category in in in, in you know in, in the United States. Do you ever see the status quo changing? Um. I mean, you know, these things take time, right? But I think, I think, you know, smaller companies, uh, obviously, Pedos being one brand, but uh, you know, I see others, you know, are you know mounting, you know, or doing their best to 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 you know to mount a challenge to that dominance and and to you know create more options. And I do think that you know the day of of the big mammoth company is kind of behind us and. It's kind of the the heyday of the of the of the of the emerging brands. So you know what we've seen happen in the world of tech and and other uh, and other industries, uh, you know, will inevitably happen in, in in the food space. So you know, yeah, it, it, I think it'll change. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, I think I think uh, it's it's kind of nice to to be you know one of the one of the folks out there fighting that battle. Can you tell me about Petos? Yeah, Pedos is basically, you know, the, the the whole the whole kind of premise behind Pedos was to, you know, to we we treated, you know, we treated the, the uh, Frito Lay brands as if they are the category again because there's such massive market dominance. You know, we looked at like for example a Cheeto and said, you know, a Cheeto is not just a, a brand name or a product; it's it's actually almost a category definition. You know, if I put a you know puffy orange looking snack on your desk, you're gonna say, who brought the Cheetos? You know, which is which is like kind of like uh, you know, if you, if, you, if I put a cotton swab on your on your desk, you say who brought the Q-tips, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I put tissue paper on your desk, you say who brought the Kleenex. So right. we'll, we'll, you know, we'll sometimes when brands uh, you know get really really you know control control categories, you know, to such a large extent, they almost become the definition of the category, and the brand name becomes the definition of the product in a way. And so, you know, we said to ourselves, look, you know. Instead of 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 going out there and trying to create a product that you know ultimately you know lacks in in taste and and texture and sensory perception, you know people like you know eat Cheetos, people eat Doritos, people eat Twinings because of the indulgence, the, the the kind of what we call the junk food factor, right? Right. And so we said, you know, if we were to create recreate junk food for the call it the 21st century mom. And Cheetos were invented in 1948, so it's been a while. So we said if we were going to recreate Cheetos for the 21st century mom. What would we do differently? And that was really kind of the the, the brainchild behind the whole thing. And we were fortunate to have you know a really really amazing team from day one, uh, really amazing set of advisors and investors, guys like Carlos Barroso, who was a former head of global R&D for Frito Lay. You know, um, we had you know Pooh Modi, former president of Mars Foods. Carl Lee is an investor. He was a former CEO of Snyder Lance, which is sold to Campbell. So you know, some of the who's who in snacking on our team, and um, it allowed us to to you know look at things a little bit differently. And so we basically kind of you know dissected what what is 
you know, a Cheeto, what is a Dorito, what is a Funyun, how are they made? You know, most of these products are made, you know, the, the simple formula is two-thirds corn, you know, 25% to 30% oil and 10% seasoning. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we said, okay, now where, where can we make the difference? Where does all the junk in this junk food, you know? And right. so first of all, first of all, we're like, you know, why is it, why is corn the only thing you can make a, 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 something like a Cheeto out of? And we started experimenting with different, you know, uh, blends of, of, of products. Could you make a, you know, Cheeto out of spinach or celery or, you know, cauliflower? Uh, ultimately we, we settled on this kind of a blend of pea flowers that we mm-hmm. found very effective, which we were able to not only recreate the same kind of overall texture and, and kind of look uh, to the product, but still, you know, providing, you know, twice as much protein, three times as much fiber. So it's, you know, stuffed with a lot more nutrition. Um, and then we said, hey, there's a lot of junk in this, in the seasoning, you know, a lot of artificial colors and flavors, you know, mm-hmm. as, you, as you know, well known in the UK, some of those artificial colors are actually banned. Um, you know, you can't even use them. So, so we said, you know, what if, what, how could we, how could we recreate the these vivid, you know, but it's important we we felt to have those vivid colors because there's some better for you brands that are approached it by saying, hey, you know, we don't want the artificial colors, we just have no colors. And then you get this kind of very bland sensory experience. Consumers like that bright orange color, you know, that 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 finger dust on their hands. Uh, it makes it feel more cheesy and more fun. And so we 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 said, how can we recreate this with more natural components? And so we took out all the artificial junk and replaced it with natural elements. And then ultimately the last thing we did most recently was we discovered that there was basically there was dairy in all of these products, even even a bag of Funyuns, which is an onion-based ring. You'd be like, mm-hmm. well, what, what is dairy doing there? But you know, it's used as a, as kind of a, ra- a flavor rounding note, um, and there's a science behind it. And so we said, with all these great dairy substitutes on the market, can we recreate that with a plant-based, you know, uh, substitute? And so we we made the products 100%, you know, vegan and plant-based. Uh, and so th- those are kind of the key differentiating points. But at at all times. You know the, the 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 mandate was, hey, we cannot, you know, we cannot have any kind of compromise in the indulgent factor and the sensory experience behind the product. And that's kind of why we call it, you know, junk food without the junk. Right. Uh, it's kind of the best way to define it. Can you tell us what revenue gains or footprint growth Petos has clocked up recently? Yeah, absolutely. So last year, late last year, we launched with CVS. Which is you know, one of the largest drug chains in the United States and probably in the mm-hmm. world. Um, we uh, the, we went you know we we expanded. They almost tripled our store count within a few months of launching. So obviously the product is doing really well there. Uh, we launched in Walmart um, late last year. They have more added more than two and a half times the original distribution. So obviously the product is doing really well there. Um, you know we're in Sprouts. We've been in Kroger. Since the day we launched, that's actually one of our first launch partners, and that relationship has continued to grow really nicely. Uh, you know, in the natural channel, we're in Sprouts, uh, and that has, has gone really well uh, and continuing to grow. We're obviously um, have built the e-commerce side of the business during the pandemic, um, and so we have a, a very, very you know, robust business with Amazon. The, the certain certain items have been in the top 10 selling snacks on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. at, at various times. Um, but you know those those are some of the biggest partners we have today. Petos has managed to attract investment from several major players in the industry, including the people you mentioned, um, and most recently, post-consumer brands. Can you tell us more about this and how you plan to use the capital? Yeah, it, yeah, we've been super fortunate to have, like I mentioned, an amazing list of, of investors. In the beginning, it was a lot of individual investors. Some of the folks I mentioned, Pumodi, Carly, 
you know, Carlos, um, and, uh, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, Chris Beaver, who is a former, uh, is a current CEO of Strive Foods uh, uh, and a variety of others, um, a few years ago, Post Holding got involved, uh, and they are kind of our first, you know, more you know, corporate slash institutional investor. They're the, you know, they're obviously the company behind these massive cereal brands uh, like right. Raisin Bran, uh, and they've been an amazing partner uh, and helped to provide capital to, you know, grow the business further. You know, in the in the recent in the last year or so, we've become a lot more, you know, kind of um, cognizant about focusing on gross margins and profitability as the investment environment has changed. So, you know, we've, we've been able to get a lot more frugal in, in how we're using our capital, which has been great. Um, so we have less of a reliance and, and, and therefore our, our losses have gone down dramatically. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been fortunate to be able to attract all the capital we need. And in fact, even late last year when the investment environment was kind of tough, we just closed uh, our Series A3 round um, and uh, we're oversubscribed in that. So, you know, capital has been has never been, uh, you know, too too challenging for us. Like because I, I think because we have such an amazing product and and kind of um, and uh, and a different and unique approach to how we're building this brand. So, what is your long term strategy for the company? Um, right now, it's just to continue building it. You know, and and ultimately, I think within twelve months or so, we'll be profitable. So we can kind of stay on our own, our own two feet. You know, that said, you know, it, it does take a lot of money to grow these kinds of businesses. You know, if if we, you know, there's always a possibility that a larger partner comes along and says, hey, we want to, you know, we want to, you know, uh, team up with you and help you build this thing further. That could be one outcome. You know, um, sometimes, you you know, these kind of companies can be taken public. You know, that can be an outcome. There's a lot of different ways to continue growing and building. But right now, for the next 12 months, you know, we just kind of really focus on um, getting more distribution and getting continuing to get the word out. You know, it takes a while to build these kind of brands. It's not a it's not a it's not an overnight success story. But, mm-hmm. you know, we were fortunate to have, you know, our first year in business, uh, we, we we our sales were higher than, you know, Kind Bar and Skinny Pop did in their first year combined. And those obviously brands have gone on to become extremely successful. So uh, I think we're off to a great start. Since we last chatted, which was actually a while ago, what products have you launched and do you have any NPD in the pipeline? Um, well, well the, the, the big the big product that we, you know, just recent, the first one, we, when we first came out with the product, uh, the first products we developed were what, what we would consider similar to like a crunchy style Cheeto. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's called a curl, you know, in, in the industry parlance. Um, and so we launched the Pito's Crunchy Curls. And then we were, you know, like, you know, I've always, when I was growing up, I, one of my favorite snacks was these these uh, incredible little rings, the Funyuns, you know, the onion-based rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and Frito-Lay has a very successful brand called Funyuns that, that uh, you know, that we, 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 that I've always enjoyed. So we, we then launched these Pito's Rings. Um, right that were in a couple of different flavors. Uh, and then most recently we launched the big puffy style. Uh, you know, if, if you're familiar with the Cheetos brand, you you know that they have the, the kind of crunchy uh, curls that, that they call them and then the big puffy ones, those super big, you know, puffy ones. And and so we launched a puffy style of Pitos, uh, and those are the Pitos puffs and those launched, uh, those, are the, those are the brand new ones that are just going into the market. We're getting amazing reviews on those, by the way. Um, so I'm really excited about how those will perform in the marketplace. Um, yeah, but that's those are the those are the three big forms we have right now. 
um, you know, we're, we'll always, obviously we'll always continue to innovate. I think innovation is key. You have to stay one step ahead of the game. Um, but right now we're going to, this year, we're going to focus on, on kind of getting the puffs out there and, and building distribution for those. The better for you trend has actually evolved into the better for all movement. That means better for people, society, and the planet. And mm-hmm. many of the major snack producers are laser focused on getting their sustainability message out to the consumer. What is your sustainability story? Well, the, 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 yeah, that's a great question. So, for, uh, you know, there's a huge sustainability story here because peas as a crop are a, a nitrogen fixing crop and uh-huh. regenerated to the soil and so as you know there's been a lot of you know you know talk about the damage caused by you know the kind of the, the you know the, the corn crops and the, and the overproduction of corn and the government subsidies of corn um right. and so i think um you know peas as an alternate you know uh you know grain and protein source and that's the beauty of, of peas also that they are the very high in protein um, you know, and 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 uh, and for those who have kind of a vegan or vegetarian diet, they're a great, great. You know, they they they're like with the number one source of, of plant-based protein uh, right. in the world. Uh, and so, um, you know, those 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 uh, that 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 it, it, they also uh, as a crop have a significantly lower amount of water use um, than than you know other other um, similar uh, product uh, grains like like corn. So you know, I think. That is an area that that uh, uh, you know gives us a huge sustainability element. We haven't really even had the we haven't had that much. You know, it, it, again, when you're building a brand, you kind of have to choose and decide what you're going to really focus your marketing efforts on. We havenven't had you know we uh, too much of an opportunity to even talk about that yet as a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as we develop, we'll be we'll be bringing that more into the into the, oh. into focus. But we have partnered with a group called We Don't Have, we don't have Time. Uh, which is a sustainability organization that is helping us get that message out. Oh, okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, they, 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 this this group, you know, basically focuses on, you know, carbon footprints of different brands um, and different products, and uh, and is is you know is, is 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 has a lot of technical savvy in in you know just in kind of you know looking at different brands and what their sustainability footprint is. And so, you know, it's a newer partnership and they've been, uh, we just brought them on to to help us figure out, you know, how we stack up, you know, exactly, uh, you know, as a brand compared to some of these, you know, some, some you know, massive, uh, you know, dominant brands like a Cheetos and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and others out there. And also kind of the whole, you know, peas versus corn discussion that I mentioned right. um, and how that, that, you know, that, it, you know, impacts the sustainability element, uh, you know, and, and, um, and so we're, you know, we're teaming up with them and, and they've done, uh, they've done some work on, on it already. And there's some, you know, really fun facts that they've come up with that help describe kind of, you know, what, you know, if every single bag of Cheetos in the world were replaced with a bag of Pitos, you know, what, it, what it would do for the world. Does social media still continue to influence how people connect and engage with their snacks? Yeah, I mean, I think social media is not, you know, is here to stay. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just a way for people to get, you know, uh, get information and, and share information. Um, you know, it, it obviously is, is, is going to have a, a role in every category, uh, including snacking. You know, I think word of mouth is, 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 you know, equally important or maybe even more important when it comes to food. 
products. Um, uh, and and obviously, you know, social media is just a, a medium for, for 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 word of mouth to take place. So yeah, I do think that it it will play play a role. Yes. What, in your opinion, have been the biggest swings in snacking trends over the past decade? And what do you see consumers' biggest demands being going forward? Um, I, mean, I mean, I think that there's been, you know, different times in, in the in the past decade where you have different, you know, things that take take a little bit of hype, you know, hype, hype. There's always a, an element of hype, you know, in marketing, you know, and you have like, the, the gluten-free era or the, you know, the, the non-GMO era or the, you know, uh, low-calorie era. And I think, but I think I would say that one of the biggest shifts I've seen is, is, uh, is kind of the shift from what I call the less of to, to, you know, to the, to the more of, uh, you know, um, you know, dynamic, which, which means like, you know, originally, I think it, with food products, the, 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 you know, the, the path to call it better or healthier, you know, was less of the bad stuff. So it was like, I want to consume less calories. I want less fat in my food. I want less sodium, you know, but I think now it's, 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 it, there's an equal or, or even bigger focus on more of the good stuff, which means, mm-hmm. you know, more nutrient density, more protein, more fiber. Um, some of the, some of the original assertions that, that were out there, have even been debunked, uh, or uh, you know, for example, on the fat spectrum, there's less of a focus on. Remember, there was one time when it was all about low fat, low fat. Now, nice. you know, fat. There's a whole discussion about you know, fats not that bad, and there's even what we call good fats, you know, and and um and in fact, kind of real fats have come back into vogue, you know, with this keto diet where you know people are eating real butter and real you know fat and and and. Uh, and seeing some of the harms of, of kind of the, the artificial substitutes. Um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, the big villain now seems to be sugar and carbs. Um, and, uh, but I, I, I think, I think some of these trends swing, I mean, I, we've always believed in the concept of moderation, which is really, you know, right. uh, you know, not to get into, into, into extremes on anything. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that's really the key. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, pedos are, you know, as good as they are, there's, there's still, you know, there's still a form of, of, you know, they're not as good as eating celeries and carrots. Let's put it that way. Right. Right. But, um, but that said, you know, you know, our, fo- our, our focus is look, if there's people out there, you know, eating, you know, billions of dollars worth of these, you know, artificial, you know, snacks, right. Like Cheetos, then we might as well offer a better substitute. Um, and you know, if, 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 if you're, if you're, you know, disciplined enough to, to, to not eat any of it and just eat, you know, uh, you know, carrots and celery for, for, for snacking, then that's great, but that's not mm-hmm. realistic. And so, you know, we're offering our offering up, you know, a great substitute. Although still a youngster in business years, PTAS can no longer really be considered a startup. So what advice would you give to somebody looking to break into this very busy market? Yeah, I mean, you know, right now, obviously, it's it's a difficult environment, um, you know, uh, more than normal, even because of the, you know, kind of, you know, as you know, the, the, you know, the investor investment environment and investment investor mindset shifts, you know, with different economic, you know, states, and it's always a cycle. Um, and with the current kind of a little bit of ambiguity in in the in you know in 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 the economy and in the stock market and what's been going on, you know, obviously, first of all, we went through this worldwide pandemic, which was which was challenging for a lot right. of brands. 
and unfortunately many of them, some of them didn't you know didn't didn't get make it past that um and then you know after that we've had this kind of strange economic environment with the higher interest rates um and all of that uh, you know it, it, it is it is a little bit more challenging to for for someone to to start new in this in this game but I, that said i think it's always about true innovation as opposed to a lot of me too's you know you sometimes when you go to these trade shows you see a lot of you know okay last year you know um you know so and so brand launched this you know new popcorn and it became successful and did well so this year there's 20 brands doing the same thing you know and that 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 you know that becomes very difficult to succeed in i think i think when 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 brands truly spend the time and energy and effort and and expense to innovate and to to really create something new um mm-hmm. i think you know that's the, the key to to being successful in addition to that i think you know you have to learn to be scrappy when it comes to marketing and getting the word out obviously that is one of the the biggest challenges when you have you know um when you have a category that is dominated by one player uh, in such a big way uh, and and obviously you know as a, as a smaller company you're never going to have enough funds to to really really spread the message or or you know buy a super bowl ad to you know to to get the word out yeah Do you think this inflationary environment has actually impacted snack sales and what do you predict uh, the future for the sector to be? Yeah, I I think that um you know in general you know, food products and and snack products are not, you know, like big ticket items, right? It's not like buying a television or a car or a computer. Um so you know, I don't I don't think that they're as impacted by uh you know this inflation environment or even a down economy in fact okay. there's some evidence that that during the last recession you know snacking actually went up because it's a smaller it's a relatively low cost you know indulgence um right. and so i think i i think you know um i i think what really does happen is that, is that some of the brands that are not as as you know well you know capitalized or or uh, a little bit you know not as well differentiated um will struggle and 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 probably not make it in those in those tougher environments so i think it's a bigger issue in terms of of just you know um the smaller emerging brands and 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 you'll you'll see the number of brands kind of you know get smaller during those you know the more difficult periods and then and then as 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 you know the cycle turns you know a bunch of new brands will 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 launch mm-hmm.